welcome to the Women Faith Plus Business Podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Mullings. I'm an author, speaker, and marketing mentor, and I believe in the importance of women of faith in business stepping up and shining in their lane so they can make the impact, influence, and income they were born to make. Join me to hear the stories of powerful women of faith who are using their purpose-driven businesses to make a difference in the world. Hello and welcome to the Women, Faith, and Business podcast. I'm so super excited to have the guest today, Grace Gladys Famarillo. She's super great person and she's on the podcast today. Grace is an award-winning author and transformational coach with over decades of experience of transforming the lives of women. Her current passion is using her vast writing and publishing mastery to help women and people in particular create services and products from their skills, passions, talents, and expertise and life experiences. She achieves this through her online academy. Grace is also the founder of a nonprofit called Wellness in the Cities, which has a vision of helping people bounce back and, and experience emotional and mental wellness. And I know one of your books is also Bounce Back, which I personally read and enjoyed. So that was awesome. So welcome so much to the podcast today. And if you want to share a little bit, maybe that I didn't share in your bio with our audience. Okay, well, um, I think you've captured it um, rightfully. I've just been in the business of empowering people over the last I was doing the calculations the other day and I discovered it was 25 years plus. I'm like, wow, that is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, for me, there are two things that I'm passionate about. One is that well-being. And it started off um, as a result of coaching people, in particular women. And then they'll mm. come to me to start a business, to do this, to do that. Before we know it, we're talking about their ex-partner, their daddy, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we kind of took a segue and started to explore what are some of the things that hold us back from being the women we were called to be? Mm-hmm. And then if we can get rid of them. And I noticed that once we started to unpack that, um, they didn't need me anymore. <laughs> okay. And they started to soar. So that's why I kind of hold the two um, quite um, closely about people's well-being, because, you know, um, the state of our mind is such a powerful thing. And if your mind's not in the right place, you're not going to do anything positive. You can do all the right things, say all the right things, but without the mindset. So, for example, you know, you'll get somebody with somebody with such low self-esteem and self-confidence. Well, how do you get your business plan together and then go and ask an organization for half a million pounds? Mm. I'm not worthy. Yeah. I've done this in my family before. You know, all those kind of negative conversations. Yeah. So that's why I kind of hold both dearly. And I, you know, I like to work on people's minds and if we can get their minds orientated, you know, especially back to God's word. I really believe everything that you see out there you know, all the gurus, they all took it from God's word. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's about helping people be able to digest those in bite-sized chunks and then give them the, um, the um, empowerment, the skills, the know-how so they can take those steps themselves. 
Yeah, I love that. Everything starts with the mindset. That's for sure. If you don't have a strong and positive and grounded mindset, you struggle with the activities. And I appreciate that. You've been at this for a while, decades. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely an experienced person. So this podcast is all about women, faith, and business. And the key question I always like to start off with, because you are a woman of faith and business, is what was it that made you take the leap of faith many decades ago to start your business? Tell us that story of, you know, how you actually took the leap of faith to, to start your own business. Okay. Well, you know what? It's, sometimes it's a leap of faith or sometimes it's father giving you a product the backside to say, go and do it. Ain't that <laughs> <And> the truth? <laughs> so um, I think for me it was a combination of things. Now, we all know that we all have born for such a time as this. We all have a purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes through our, maybe our qualifications or, you know, what your parents want you to do or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you find yourself in a lane that's not where you should be. Mm-hmm. And I always say this to ladies that sometimes you find yourself like in the bark of your socks on. It doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It's getting, you know, trying to move. And I think I found myself in that position. Um, believe it or not, decades ago, I was a scientist, a biochemist qualified with huge dreams and goals, wanted to save the world. But let's just say father had his own plans and kind of (laughs) obstructed that in so many ways. And so I spent a number of years, okay, you know, because I really do believe in the power of hearing his voice. And for me, you know, people say they have their own chairman and chief executive. He is mine. And literally sometimes I can be found on the floor of my office and, okay, boss, what are we doing kind of thing, you know? And, um, you know, in in those moments, I started to seek him in terms of what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And there was one powerful scripture that came to mind, which Uh was Exodus Uh 4.2. And it's the story of Moses when God called him out of the wilderness. He saw this burning bush. God said, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then this is the bit where some of us faint and like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. But, and then he basically said, oh, I can't speak, blah, blah, blah. Now, um, God said, well, what's that in your hands? Mm. And he said, oh, it's just a start. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's the thing I'm going to use. And that was really my journey. Mm. I started to think about, okay, Lord, what do I have to offer? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what's that thing in your hands? And before I even officially started to coach, mentor, train people, I was the go-to person doing that in my mm. church. Mm-hmm. You know, my sisters, bless them, they were kind of like dragged in to be my coaches. <laughs> right. <laughs> and people, so it's, that's kind of like my journey. And he just kind of put my attention back to that thing that little gem and nugget he put in my hands. And I started to explore that. And to be honest, I'm still peeling off the layers of the young mm, mm-hmm. five years later. Right. The thing that I'm confident in is the fact that I'm at least in the right lane. Yeah. So I went down the science route and I decided, no, I wasn't going to leave. At some point or the other, I would have left because at some point you hear that tug on your heart where you realize yeah. this is not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Having confidence and boldness to be able to step out is is a powerful thing. But once you get there, you know, you you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be exactly. Fine. Yeah, so many good nuggets in that. You know, I love what you said about being in the bathtub with your socks on. <laughs> Something just doesn't feel right. It's like this doesn't really feel right. I have my socks on, I'm in the bathtub, but it's not feeling yeah. right. So paying attention to, you know, your feelings and knowing when something isn't 
you know, feeling right for you. And I also love what you said about Moses and what did he have in his hand? Because I feel the journey is similar for all of us. What do you have in your hand? What is it that you can use that God has given you that's already existing in your hand and how you can work with that? So I, I really love those golden nuggets in that your uh, story of how you started your business and um, taking that nudge <laughs> from God. Not necessarily, sometimes people will say it's a step of faith, it's a leap of faith, or it could be a nudge or push <laughs> into to what he requires you to do. So um, what would you say, you know, you talked about being in business over, what was it, 25 years now? Um, well, officially coaching, training and developing people. But I think officially on paper, it's probably around 20, 21 years. Well, that's still a long time. So over 20 years we're talking about. So I'm sure that you've seen lots of ups and downs and shifts and pivots. Um, so what would you say have been some of those major shifts and pivots that you've made in your business in the plus 20 plus years? I think it goes back again to hearing his voice. And sometimes people might say, oh, that's too spiritual. No, that's the reality. Um, yeah. Being people of faith and people who are spirit-led, yes. you know, it doesn't just stop within the four walls of the church or in yes. our presence of it. You yes. For example, um, when, when September 11th happened, um, what I didn't say, I fast forward you know, many leaps, but I left science and did a master's in IT. So I worked in the industry as a consultant for many years. Okay. And it was fantastic. But again, it was, you know, that nudge, you know, when you get the Monday morning blues every day, you know that there's an issue. Yes. So again, for me, it was, you know, that nudge that kind of made me, and you know, September 11th happened and I was still trying to hold on. And, you know, eventually all of us were working abroad. They all sent us all back home and said, okay, you know what? Yeah, free choice is redundancy. You know, stay and figure, you know, see what happens or whatever. Mm -hmm. And again, I went back on my knees. What should I be doing? He said, grab the money and go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. God said, grab the money and go, people. Grab the money and go. And it's like, okay, so what do I do now? You know, being a consultant for a number of years, you know, so what do I do? And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier on, I think for me, there's just been quite a few, um, almost like wake up call moments through mm -hmm. whether the September 11th happened, then we had the downturn. I was supposed to sign a major contract around 2008 and just whatever, you know, till today, we never signed that contract. And mm -hmm. father was like, I was in control. And thank God I didn't because it was literally the eve of all the, the, the major global recession that we faced, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, and then every so often, I think, for example, I think about 12 years ago, my dad passed away. And then in those moments, when I pull back, it's like, it's almost like repositioning and getting more direction and moving you in the right way. So for me, I've learned to listen to the spoken and the unspoken. And I very, you know, I have no issues with, you know, telling clients, family, I'm pressing the pause button, I'm going somewhere where you can't reach me just to go and make sure that I'm still on track. And I think that's the message really for anybody. For me, the pivoting moments are making sure that I hear his voice mm -hmm. and having the unction and, and the courage to pray through whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing and move forward in that direction. And it changes, 
you know, I think if anybody, um, if they're running their business or doing whatever it is, if we are um, not just strategic, but spiritually strategic, you'll get to hear that, okay, something is coming on. For example, the climate that we're in right now. Yeah. I ask, I'm like, what's going on? And he's right. like, I'm pressing the reset button. Simple. <laughs> okay, it's going to be fine. He's just <laughs> doing a little thing here and there. So, yeah. so I think for me, it's... Um, underpinning that is really that faith and that faith journey and bringing it into every waking moment you know the bible says i think it's in isaiah 30 it says then you'll hear the voice of your teacher so going mm. this way or go that way and you know especially when we're at junctions as women mm. you know you know we say we have gut feel but i believe it's the spirit feel <laughs> He's yes i agree yeah you know, what to do and i you know i think that's such a powerful thing so that we can start making the right decisions for our business. Yeah, I agree. And I think the key thing with those pivots is really the turning points in our life. Like you mentioned, you know, September 11 was a major event, you know, the passing of a loved one. It's always these major events that cause us to pause, number one, seek God and pray, number two, and then pivot as necessary and really just hearkening his voice and understanding what is it that you desire for me in this season after I've gone through this painful thing, what is it that you desire for me next and paying attention to what he is telling you to do next, I think is important in our faith journeys as entrepreneurs and business owners. And like you mentioned, it's not limited to just our life. It's not limited to the four walls of a church. And right now in 2020, we're not even in the four walls of a church for most parts of the world. So that goes to show that that's not important, but um, that relationship that that you have with God and have, making sure you're being spirit led and everything that you do is so important. So, um, you know, obviously faith has played a, a big role in your business and in your life. Um, but you can have a, a faith journey that's personal and quiet. What I've noticed when it comes to you and your business is you're very loud with your faith. You talk about God and Jesus Christ and, you know, you're obviously a faith um, based woman, in the way that you show up in the marketplace. So was there a point where you decided or was it always there all along to be very open about your faith and having the conversations and mentioning God and Jesus Christ in the work that you do in the marketplace? You know what, it's always, because it's ingrained for me, I can't help but to, to say, you know, um, so for example, even if I'm speaking to a secular audience and we're talking about emotional baggage, you know, I say, well, you know what, my faith, you can call it spirituality, but it's what keeps my boat afloat when life happens, okay? Mm-hmm. What helps you? And then they might say friends, family, da, da, da. Okay, well, um, mm, let me just ask you this. Have you ever been betrayed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever been let down? You right. know, so, so that's how I try and bring it into the equation. And I think for me, one of my earliest instructions has always been, don't leave me out of the equation. Yes, don't love that. Equation. Mm-hmm. And so obviously there are certain situations. So for example, um, I didn't mention this, but I'm also a magistrate, a justice of peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I'm on, when I've got my hat on as a magistrate, I don't go in a gung-ho saying, Jesus is Lord, thou shalt not kill, mm-hmm. you know, and all those kind of things, because we have structures. So I, again, it goes back to being spirit-led. At certain yeah. times and certain places, you know, you can um, influence your um, circle of influence by 
uh, just being yourself and showing up. You know, and same thing even with the magistrates, you know, I believe even whilst you're not able to um, share your faith, you know, from the platform, there's been opportunities where, you know, speaking to individuals or even just bringing light to a case. So, for example, we have a case of a Christian against a Christian and they say they use these faith words and they're like, oh, what does that mean? And it's like, no, this is what they're talking about. So um, so I've um, I've even had people through LinkedIn say, you know, know, you're not afraid of you. And I'm like, well, you know what, it's, it's my faith, it's my journey, you know, um, and this is what keeps me going, you know, by all means, try it out. But yeah. I'm not ashamed of, uh, of doing that. Um, I do believe there is a right time and a right place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also something around languaging so that mm-hmm. people can understand exactly what it is. You know, so as I said, you know, I won't necessarily do certain things in certain places, but um, that for me, we're tight because <laughs> it's by his grace I'm standing and that's why I changed the name grace <laughs> yes, yes so tell us a little bit actually there's two things I want to ask you uh, magistrates for so those of us that are listening those who are listening to the podcast explain a little bit more about that because they might not be familiar with that terminology I don't know if it's UK based because mm-hmm. I know you're you're um, based in so what does it mean to be a magistrate and um, then there was another question that just skipped my mind but we'll talk about that first <laughs> Okay. All right, so a magistrate, basically in the UK, and I'm sure it's in the US, I don't know if you call them justice of peace, mm-hmm. I believe you might call them magistrates, but okay. basically um, in the UK, 97% of every crime that happens will be dealt with in a magistrate's court, unless it's certain kind of crimes, um, where, and even certain kind of crimes, they will always go straight to the higher courts where they can mm. have our sentencing. So they will have people in their community, so people with good reputation and so on and so forth. They do do a lot of betting, yeah. you know, they do a lot of checks. And then they will have um, people, so for example, whether it's be speeding offences, mm-hmm. you know, um, social offences like maybe, uh, and domestic violence, mm-hmm. you know, assaults, all those kind of cases would come to a magistrate's court. So people like myself, we've been trained and then we have the guidelines that we work towards and then gotcha. we will judge the situation and pass the sentence. And it can include, unfortunately, prison too. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Just wanted to clear that up in case there's anyone listening that's like, what's a magistrate? <laughs> so, and then the next thing I wanted to mention was you talked about a name change. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you were led to change your name and what that journey was like and why you now go by grace. Well, you know what, um, I, there was a time, as I said, every so often I pressed the pause button, I actually took a whole year off, um, I think around 2015, just to rediscover myself. I mean, I realized I've been working from the age of 15 and here I was, you know, it's like, you know, I need a break. And, you know, in that I started to just research, you know, in terms of, I mean, a lot of us who have African names, they all have meanings. Some of them are not necessarily great, mm. <laughs> you know, affiliated with the kind of ancestral worship that used to happen way before mm. our time. And I really do believe in the power of, um, you know, things traveling down generations. You wonder why there's certain trends and patterns in families. It's because of some things that were done way before our time. Mm. And, you know, I started to, so I kind of got an understanding of my surname and then started to look at, you know, Gladys. And I asked mom, you know, why did you call me Gladys? We so said, well, you know, her name's Joyce. And she okay. said, you know, when I saw your face when you were born, you were smiling. And I just mm-hmm. thought, okay. But I then started to research the, in terms of the, the word Gladys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on where you look, it would say things like um, princess. Sometimes it says fragile. Some places it says weak. Mm-hmm. And then other places it said lame. 
And then all of a sudden, I started to look and thinking, hold on, I've been running for a number of years. And every time I run, you know, there's always a new issue. You know, mm. <laughs> I just got to start. Like you don't want to claim that weak. <laughs> so I put it as, you know, when I put to the definition, it's like weak princess. So almost like Jeho- um, who was it? Mephibosheth, who was Saul's son, I think. It, no, was it Mephibosheth? Who, yeah, I think it was in the Bible, who was lame. It was, No, Jonathan's it? son. Okay. Saul's grandson. Okay. Grandson, when he was be- when they were escaping, his nanny dropped him as a baby. So whilst he was a oh yes, 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 he was from top, you know, middle mm-hmm. to the top. You know, he was fine, but he had, he was dis- um, he had um, his legs were lame. Yes. So yeah. I just basically said, okay, you know what? I'm noticing certain patterns, and I really do believe in the power of confession and declaration. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, you know what? Everybody's familiar with the whole idea of you know Gladys, but I started to research and I. You know, kind of nicknamed my, name myself Grace, and then yeah. it kind of stuck from there because yeah. I looked at Grace, and the more people call me, I receive Grace. So. Yes, yes, I love that, and I think there's definitely power in a name change. We see that a lot in the Bible. You know, even small, slight changes in your name, like Abraham, Abraham's name yeah. changed, Sarah's name changed. Yeah. That was very subtle, but there was a difference in who they were before that name change and who they were after it. Of course, Saul changed into Paul, so there's. Oh definitely power in the name change so I was just curious in um, how you went about that process so it's important to be spirit-led in that so um, one of the things I wanted to ask is you know what this podcast we're really talking about women faith and business and the importance that faith plays in the role of your business and really the power of faith so what would you say or how would you define the power of faith the power of faith, I mean, funny um, you should ask that because recently um, I'm all about positive words and declarations and uh, I don't have one nearby me, but I had these little placards and I started, to, I just wrote on them. And so I was going up the stairs, you see them on my bed, mm. above my bed, and it basically says, I trust God, I believe God, God doesn't lie. And mm. that kind of like sums like my whole life. Mm-hmm. I trust God, I believe God, God, God doesn't, doesn't lie. lie. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> The reason why I did that is because sometimes in our faith journey, it feels like there's a dichotomy between what we say and what we believe. So I mm. trust on everything, but I'm going to have a plan B on this side. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, and I was saying to my mom, you know, I am tired of living this. You know, it's hard work trying to, you know, confess one thing and then live another. Right. So I said, you know what, I'm going to, you know, this season, I'm going to make 2020 the year where it's all about really believing. And mm-hmm. my, uh, there's something I want to just encourage whoever might be listening to is, mm-hmm. is, you know, you might have started your business and you haven't got the results you wanted. Mm-hmm. Or you started, like one a few ladies have told me, we launched our business two weeks before lockdown. And it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then some people have been at it for a long time and not gotten the results you want. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, it's that faith is, well, what were the instructions you got when you first launched out? Mm. Whether it's a written word, something in the Bible, a Logos word or a Rhema word, what was it that you were told? Mm. Well, I was told I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Well, hold on to that. Right. The power of faith. It's like, believe in that thing because nobody else is going to believe it as powerful as you are. Mm -hmm. We'll be there to cheerlead you along the way, but it's your baby. It's your dream. So for me, the power of faith is to really, really believe in in the power of God's word and the power that um sorry in the power of faith in itself in terms of believing yeah. what 
says will come to pass. And that's the bottom line. Do you believe, you know, can you bring dry, can you make dry bones come to life again? Yeah. Dead? You know, you might think that, okay, uh, whatever. But the reality is, is, you know, I love one speaker that came to our church decades ago. He says, you know what, well, if the dream's big enough, the facts don't count. Mm, I love it. Love it. Love it. So many good things in that. And it's true, those those affirmations and, you know, saying, I trust God, I believe God, and God doesn't lie, <laughs> right? It's so simple, but it's true. If you let that soak in to your spirit and then you take action based on I trust God, I believe God, God doesn't lie, um, then you see better results because you're truly believing and trusting God than just feeling or saying it but you're making that affirmation on a daily basis so i love that new affirmation that you said and i think about you know when you mentioned launching out i thought about you know peter you know launching out into the ocean by the instruction of jesus and and i always look at that as 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 a business example you know if if you truly listen to his instructions he'll be specific as to how you you're supposed to do it you know go out and launch and he was hesitant you know peter was like oh i've been at this all night i'm a fisherman i know how to do this it, there's there's nothing out there but he gave yeah. him specific instructions on how to launch out and you know it was an abundance you know yeah. you may not necessarily see it immediately like you said yeah. sometimes our journey can be a lot longer um yeah. but following his instructions are going to be key to your results and your success in business so i appreciate that definition of the power of faith so if this, Go ahead. One more thing. It's something I'm currently going through the Bible and just trying to ask God you know, to give me fresh eyes to see. Things. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I've seen right from um, Genesis, I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle of First Samuel now, mm. and it's just literally there is always a strategy for something. Mm. Always God, you know, when David said, shall I attack the Philistines? Yes, but ambush them this way and do it this way. Yes. You know, if you're going to do this, what shall I do? And, you know, one of the things I just realized, God is a God of strategy. He and is the master strategist. Yeah. What do we do in business? We're putting our strategies in place to try and get something. So why not tune in to the greatest strategist there was, mm-hmm. you know, because other people might be doing this because as you rightfully said, the story of Peter, nobody fishes during the day, duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's at night. Right. You know, so, and so sometimes if, as I said, you know, I said earlier on, every, you know, once I get to a point where it feels like I'm fishing and fishing and fishing and nothing's happening, that's it. Pause. Lord, yeah. where, where, you know, what's have the I strategy? Been? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. He is the master strategist. And I feel like a lot of times his strategy is countercultural. You know, a lot of times we look for strategy for a coach. I believe in coaching or a guru or an expert. But sometimes God gives it to us personally and it's different than what it looks like in the marketplace or it's different than it looks like in your particular industry. Sometimes he can be countercultural and he will say, like you said, do it the opposite way. I want you to fish at night versus at day or day, at, you know, whatever it is for your particular industry it's not going to look like the norm and i think sometimes that can be where we question or we pause or we're not obedient or we don't take action because we're like well god this isn't normal you know most people don't do it this way i don't know you know if it's going to succeed and i feel a lot of times he does it because he wants us to know it's from him and to glorify him it's you can't say you got it from a particular guru or expert because it was dropped in your spirit to do it completely differently than any way that anyone else is doing or anyone else has told you to do in the past so i really um enjoy that concept for real that that's true 
So because we are about faith and business, the other question I have for you is what is the power of business? How would you define the power of business? Well, I believe, you know, if we're do, uh, we, what we call business in this day and time, personally, I believe it's a marrying uh, or taking a step back. I believe in the power of serving people with what we have. And that's what we're all doing. Mm. And, you know, that's, I believe that's where that Monday morning blues comes into play mm-hmm. because you're not serving with what you have. So mm. you've been downloaded with an app mm-hmm. and you kind of put that app aside and say, no, I've got to do this here. So yeah. um, I think the power of business is in being able to capture what you've been downloaded with. Mm-hmm. And by all means, I'm not talking about, you know, whether it's just hair, you know, you could have a gift for um, creativity, for developing, for doing um, something techie. Right. You know, you could the next Amazon or the next Apple. It right. doesn't always have to be, you know, the kind of things that we think. You could be the next scientist. In fact, there's something in the news the other day, the first U.S., um, navy um, lady of color who's mm-hmm. now getting yeah, I saw, that. yeah, yeah I, I saw that yeah 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 so again she's using what she has mm-hmm. to to serve other people mm-hmm. so when we talk about business for me it's about understanding you know that thing we talk about Exodus four two what's in your hand yeah how could you translate that into something of value mm-hmm. that you can then exchange for money? And yeah. Dr. Miles Monroe, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, used to say, you know what, well, if you want to be successful, package what you have into something mm-hmm. of value and trust me, people pay for it. I mean, yeah. look at the, our, our phones, for example, mobile phones, Apple and Samsung and all those kind of things. People will gladly trade because they put value to it. Yeah. So I think it's for us to identify what our value is. What is the value that we're supposed to be bringing to the marketplace? And then adding, obviously, you know, another thing is, is don't let low self-esteem and low self-confidence make it cheap and cheerful. Right. Bucks. Yes. <laughs> you know, we should be charging 200. Right. You know, because again, some people have a negative attitude around money or what. Yes, that's huge in, in the Christian yeah. belief. Yeah. Exactly. Or this is, I don't know if it's like that across the state. I want to be a blessing. Okay, yeah. that's great. <laughs> but, you know, and you know, sometimes, you know, I, I completely hear that. And even as Christians, when somebody comes and says, oh, you know, I want coaching, but I can't afford it. I'm listening. In fact, before they even say, Lord, what are we doing here? And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just hear the gentle voice say, help that person. Okay, yes. get the money. Let's work together. I'll help you like the Good Samaritan, set you on your merry way and go. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it, when we talk about this business again, we, we just can't take this aspect of it. It's about understanding what you bring to the table yeah. and using it. But if you don't understand, guess what? You're not going to be able to slay in your lane. You're yeah. going to be in envy looking at that person, that guru and this person. And you know what? You're going to end up frustrated over a period of time. So I really do believe it's understanding. That's why we do um, currently doing all the things that we're doing at the moment about helping people translate their know-how, so their skills, their talents, their, their, um, even their life experiences, because uh-huh. you know, we all have something that we can share with other people. So your life experiences, your expertise, and translate that into something of value that you can package to be a blessing to others and also to, to, you know, to earn some money for yourself. So that's yeah. why I think it is. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I always talk about something called tags, talents, abilities, gifts, and skills. So God actually gives us tags the same way we have tags on our clothing to see what it's made of, cotton, and how to take care of it. He actually gives us tags by giving us talents, abilities, gifts, and skills. And like you said, it's about packaging those tags to be of something of value and service in the marketplace and being rewarded for that. And even though as Christians, sometimes we struggle with the rewarding part of it, because we don't want to feel like we're, you know, taking advantage of people because sometimes our talents, abilities, gifts, and skills come so easily. It's like we feel like we need to give it away. But, you know, someone told me once before that you can't be a light in the world if you can't keep your lights on. (laughs) That to me was like life changing. I can't be a light in the world if I can't even keep the lights on in my house because I'm not making enough money. And I believe God is a God of abundance. You know, God is a God of abundance and he believes his children children should be abundant. And, and I believe strongly in that. So he wants us to package it up and profit from it in a way that's going to keep our lights on and more because he is a <laughs> God of abundance. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate this. So this has been an awesome conversation. I love everything. So many awesome nuggets that have been dropped in this session. If anyone wants to know a little bit more about you, or maybe even work with you, what would be some of the key ways that they can connect with you okay well um they can just um using the handle at grace the author you can find me on um you can find me facebook you can find me on instagram twitter linkedin all the the regular places google um gladys femre you'll find something or grace gladys femre you'll find some information there as well feel free to reach out to me whichever avenue um even if it's on messenger and then we can connect and i also have a a multiple income women's group on Facebook as well. So feel free to go to that and request to be, to join the group. Awesome. And the name of the group on Facebook is multiple Multiple income women, multiple income women. So definitely check Grace out and learn more about her. Follow her. What's your favorite social media network platform that you're mainly on? It will be Facebook. Facebook. Okay. So definitely follow her on all social networks and be sure to connect with her on Facebook. So thank you so much for listening to the Women, Faith, and Business podcast. Thank you so much, Grace, for joining us and sharing your expertise, knowledge, and insights. This has been a great conversation. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Women, Faith, Plus Business podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes or go to womenfaithandbusiness.com to join our email list. Plus, if you want to discover two powerful ways to successfully plan your marketing so you can attract your ideal clients and prosper in your God-given purpose, be sure to text POWERFUL to 31996. Thanks for listening.